episode of the M&A Mastermind Podcast. As a reminder, this is your show and go-to resource for the latest trends and strategies uh, to help you level up your M&A practice. I am your host, Nick Olson, Managing Director of Cornerstone International Alliance. In this podcast, we bring in guests, experts like my guests today, who talk about their experiences in the M&A industry and how um, they have found their way and, and hopefully help you guys with some bits and pieces on how to uh, you know, positively impact you and the way you serve your clients. Um, so I'm really excited for my guest today. He hails all the way from the great country of the Netherlands. He is a registered business valuator. I hear he won the award for best merger and acquisition advisor back in 2018 after successfully closing 10 transactions. He enjoys skiing and mountain biking, um, amongst many other outdoor and active activities. His firm just celebrated their 10-year anniversary. He is one of our esteemed European members. Uh, I would like to welcome my guest today, the founder of Floor Heinz Corporate Finance, Hans Minar. Hans, how are you doing today? Hi, Nick. Thank you for the great introduction. Uh, I'm great. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate you uh, you taking the time and uh, and joining us today to tell us a little bit about the European landscape and how uh, you know M and A is impacted by what's going on in, in your in your region of the of the of the world. So let's dive right in. So first and foremost, um, again, thank you for coming onto the show. Um, tell us a little bit about your Floor Heinz is is ten years old. Um, tell us about your firm. You know, take me back ten years ago from when it started. Why did you Why did you start the firm and how it's grown over the last ten years? Wow, Nick. Uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, I founded uh, Florence in 2012. And before that, I was working with uh, some banks in the Netherlands. Uh, maybe you're familiar with them as ABM, Rowe, Fortis, and they integrated. But just as in America's banks didn't do with uh, a lot with clients, it's more risk and com uh, compliance orientated. So I decided to do uh, something else in my life. And, uh, well, people told me that I'm very good at uh, uh, meeting people, uh, introduction, introduce them to the right connections. And I thought, well, that may be my, uh, my, my next job. Uh, but to be honest, when you start in the Netherlands, you have to have a good education when you do merchant acquisition. So I um, followed ed education, um, a master education of uh, business valuation, which is, of course, a very good uh, driving license to do M&A. Uh, well, we started in 2012 and now we 10, 10 years ahead. As you said, we had our anniversary. We did around 250 projects. That's a lot but that's also including uh, just valuation. So we focused on uh, one valuation on the one hand, I think it's 25% of our turnover. And 55% uh, uh, is uh, merchant acquisition to clients. Um, and of course, valuation is a very important, but we can talk about it's very important um, product to, um, to introduce to, uh, to our clients. And our clients are small, medium enterprises, um, in the market, we are active in a market of five to 100 million equity value or um, a business value, as uh, what you say. So I think it's uh, very much alike, like uh, the members of uh, Cornerstone International. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And uh, and now we have a team a team of uh, eight people. Uh, well, you already know some guys. And I think our DNA is uh, that that we all uh, are graduated uh, master finance or something like that. Uh, we all are very uh, uh, sporty. Uh, you you already introduced me. I think when you are uh, when you like sport, you are also very results orientated, and all my people are. And yeah, furthermore, we like to do uh, a lot of uh, nice things together. Uh, have drinks and lunches together. So we're a great team and family in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And that's a great way to, to bring on new people and, and creating a culture within your group is to find, uh, you know, a niche in a way that you guys are all, you know, like-minded and goal-focused and looking at reaching the same, you know, measures. And so um, I'm assuming your clients are the same way. So you mentioned briefly kind of the, the deal, the, you know, the, the, the revenue size of the type of clients, you know, you work with and, you know, we classify it uh, here in the States as lower middle market. I think you guys uh, classify it as middle market, um, you know, beyond revenue, what type of clients do you currently work with, whether it's industry structure type of client, you know, you know, that, you know, that kind of thing, like what yeah, are you it's working good. with? It's right a now? good question. It's a good question. I uh, I think we uh, we are what they call sector agnostic. So we do all sectors uh, except uh, defense industry and uh, other typical industries that are uh, well not, not so regular. Mm -hmm. um, but lately we are more uh, focused and get a lot of experience in business services. Uh, the Netherlands is uh, very familiar on. On, on knowledge, so we have a lot of consultants, uh, flex uh, propositions for people. Uh, we have a lot of experience in that. Uh, we also have lots experience in childcare. Uh, we have two uh, two ladies in our team, so we are very mixed. And uh, my partner um, in business, uh, Marike, she does a lot with childcare. Um, and well, that's that's a business that has grown very fast lately. I myself, I have uh, econometrics as a background, so I do a lot with data science and um, TMT, so uh, uh, software related and uh, uh, business services. Um, and for them, furthermore, I think the Netherlands are also f very familiar on the food industry. And also in that sector, we have a lot of experience. So to, to yeah, to generalize, I think we are all uh, very professional on the process of M&A, but uh, yeah, we only have a team of eight members. So we're not uh, really focused on uh, one sector. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if you could help us understand and all the people listening, um, what is the current M&A landscape, not only in the Netherlands, but in in Europe, you know the entire the entire Euro European continent. Yeah, very good question. I think um, somehow we are all global active. So of course we also have to do a lot with the the, the war in Ukraine and Russia. Uh, we have uh, had a lot of uh, well uh, difficult times due to the energy the, the the rise of the energy prices. And of course, the government did also a lot. That is something you missed in the United States. 
But on the other hand, it has um, developed um, a lot of other uh, initiatives like uh, climate change initiatives. So if we look to the, uh, especially to the Netherlands, I think the Netherlands is something like a mainland, like a portal to Europe. Of course, you have the big countries like France, um, uh, Germany, uh, Italy, and uh, well, not anymore in uh, in the European Union is of course uh, the UK, but still a big country. Um, the Netherlands is just a small country, but on the other hand, we have a lot of uh, well, all people speak English uh, or try to speak English, but mostly they can handle that. And um, we are very uh, export orientated, um, so just a small country, but. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, international uh, uh, business is, is set in, in the Netherlands. So I, th I think we have a, a good perspective on, on the market. Well, uh, at this moment, we also have uh, some challenges due to the, the, the rise of the, the interest. I think mm -hmm. it's, it has not been so far as, in the, as the Fed has uh, drove up the, the, the interest. Uh, in Europe, it's now 4%. So prices are still good, but we have to be more, um, yeah, well, creative on deal structures. Uh, I think in general, this is um, is uh, what's happening now. If you look to the, uh, to the sales side, you see a lot of uh, business owners where formerly, I think, and that's in whole Europe, but formerly, uh, a lot of companies were uh, sold within the family. So we have mm -hmm. second, third generation, uh, well, uh, family uh, uh, founders uh, drive the company. You now see that it's not, uh, it, it's normal to also sell your company to third party, to a financial sponsor, to a private equity. Um, so on the sales side, we see a lot of uh, companies that come to the market. And to the buy side, we see a lot of financial sponsors. If we, uh, for example, look to the, to the Netherlands, I think for 10 years ago, there were around 30, 40 um, uh, private equity firms. And now 10 years later, it's about 300. So there's a lot of money only, uh, for example, uh, in the Netherlands already. So I, I even talk about other countries. So I think uh, all those ingredients are interesting for the M&A climate in, uh, in Europe in general, and Netherlands uh, in particular. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great insight. I appreciate that. Um, from an industry perspective, are there any, I know you mentioned some, some industries that you focus on, um, yeah. But just in Europe in, in general, are there any industries that are that are hot right now? Like there a lot of buyers are looking to get into um, that, you know, maybe business owners might want to consider selling if they have a business in that industry. Yeah, what I see is, well, we are located ourselves in the southern part of the Netherlands. And that's well known as the Brainport. I think, you know, uh, there are companies like ASML, they make chip machines. They're not allowed to uh, to sell to China anymore uh, <laughs> because they're too good. 
But you see a lot of high-tech and high-tech related initiatives in our region. So you see sectors like, uh, and they weren't there for five years ago, like green tech. So new initiatives with technology on uh, climate. You see biotech, uh, that is new initiatives on pharmacy and tech. You see artificial intelligence, data science, uh, already told that. Um, and also very important, medtech. So medical tech technology, because we all grew older and we don't have hands to help uh, us. So we need robots in, uh, let's say, five to 10 years. And I think uh, the Dutch are very much ahead. And it's not only in the Netherlands, but, well, uh, there are a lot of uh, youths in uh, in Europe that have their specialism in, in, in Berlin, for example, on the creative industry. Uh, in, in Germany, uh, a lot of initiatives in uh, the Ruhrgebiet uh, mm. on, on automotive. Uh, of course, I have a real challenge uh, if you look to the, the initiatives of, uh, of China at this moment, if you look to electronic cars. But uh, I think uh, there's not just one Europe. There are all different countries, as you know, right. but they have all their specialism and that makes uh, Europe... Well, for a guy like from uh, USA, very difficult to look to, well, to find a good way. And that's what I think also is very nice that we are part of the, the Cornerstone International Network. So if mm -hmm. somebody looks, looks for, uh, well, uh, a special sector, he just can call me or write me or email me. Yeah, of course, writing is not from this time, but email me. And then we can help him to uh, to get in connection uh, very very quickly. Yeah, I think you know that's one thing that I've really grown to appreciate having you guys and our group in the UK and others in, the, in, in across the globe that might not understand or have direct access to the the players in the in the M and A industry in those different countries. And I think you bring up a good point: is Europe is 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 a is a an area that has a lot of different countries and cultures and i think one thing and Absolutely. i'd love to get your your input on this is because you've you've done deals in other countries in europe and um you know how do you how do you work and how do you manage the different cultures from from your from your perspective when you let's say you're doing a deal in in germany compared to france or the uk like how do you well, how do you educate yourself on how things work in those countries and how do you manage a transaction or represent your clients for a potential buyer outside of your own borders? Like, how do you go about doing that? Well, that's a great question. And, and I have to tell you, that is every time a challenge. Um, for example, Belgium is a little country near the Netherlands, mm -hmm. uh, just as small as the Netherlands, but they have such another culture you cannot imagine. I think we are more close uh, if we look to culture than we are with the Belgians. Mm -hmm. And that has to do with the very long past of uh, uh, religion. Uh, we, uh, we were at war for 80 years with the Belgians. Uh, they speak French and they speak Dutch. Well, something it's called like Dutch. We, it's not real Dutch. 
Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, it's very close. On the other hand, uh, culture-wise, it's very, uh, well, very far away. So what we do when we have uh, a potential buyer in, in Belgium, I also worked quite a long time with Fortis, and Fortis was a Belgian bank, is that there are some culture uh, tips you have to do when you deal with, uh, with Belgiums. For example, the Dutch are very directly in what they want, and the Belgians are are not. They are they are very uh, soft guys. They listen well, and afterwards you can hear the, from them of if they will like you or not. So you have to you have to um, yeah, um, uh, get in contact on, in in the right way with those uh, with the with the Belgium guys, and. Uh, for example, when when you start a company in Belgium, you should never do that as a Dutch guy. So then you have to hire a Belgium and do the the job for you. So he he feels the culture from well the bottom of his heart. Yeah. Um, so you have to respect in culture and you have to work with the the local guys. And somehow uh, that's that's one of the best tips. So we have also a network, not only with you guys, but in Europe with other M&A firms. Uh, so we get the right introduction from the local guys. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have to take, you, you have to know, what, what, you know how they look to certain uh, complex uh, deals and, and, and issues mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a foreign guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, pretty much you have to do your, your due diligence to understand their culture and how they operate. Right. And then, you know, really ab- try to abide by that as much as possible. Correct. And uh, you have also uh, a lot of uh, challenges regarding to the, to the content of a deal because you don't have just one legacy. Um, you have, uh, for example, you need a Dutch M&A lawyer if you sell a Dutch mm-hmm. um, uh, a Dutch entity. You cannot use a German one because they have a different law yeah, right. and different right. rules. So the, the wrong tip is when you do uh, business in uh, in Europe, you have to, uh, to you have at least uh, have uh, a team that has uh, local people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to know, and, and sometimes you know. When you're doing deals in other countries, you might not under you know not realize that early on, and you're going to find out over the course of the deal that that's uh, that's necessary, right? So might as well get out in front Absolutely. of it. Yeah. Well, another example is if, if if you compare to the Germans, that is our other neighbor, but they're well, they're really big, uh, and we had something like a war uh, quite some while ago, but uh, we already forgot about that, but. Uh, I just want to say there's also a lot of history in Europe. You cannot right. just uh, put it aside. But the Dutch language is when you speak is very much like uh, like the German language. So that helps. Mm-hmm. A lot of Dutch people also speak German. Mm-hmm. So language also helps to uh, to get connected. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but I can imagine in Nick that you you thinking just right now wow what a complex region is it <laughs> <laughs> it is i mean it's it's comparable is you know correct right 
you know, in the United States, we have states and we all speak the same language. And essentially, you know, it's a melting pot, but it's essentially kind of the same, you know, culture and language. But in Europe, I mean, it's it's probably a little smaller geographically speaking, but as how many different countries and cultures and languages have to deal with. But in Europe, you do. Absolutely. And it's funny when I because people from Europe always say the Americans they even don't know where the Netherlands is, then they, they point out something like Norway. But on the other hand, we as Europeans also don't know all the states by name and, and can count them on the card. So yeah. we, we're not better because that's what I experienced when I was in the United States. And that's think also a great USB of the network that you have um, 28 states represented in the, in the cornerstone network mm -hmm. so it's a real good coverage of of uh, of americas mm -hmm. and we just think okay it's silicon valley and the eastern part where where it happens but it's of course yeah. it's not it's, it's so really big yeah 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 it's nice. it is is very true um i know where the netherlands <laughs> is i know where it is <laughs> i know i know <laughs> You come when we have our 15th anniversary. I already yep. noted that one. Absolutely, uh, I'm in. Um, so, so when you when you're when you if you were so, let me kind of pose this question to you: If you were an M&A advisor in the United States, and you were looking at um, you know finding a buyer um, in Europe, like what advice would you give? someone in the you know in the us working with a, a potential buyer in europe anything you can any tips tricks or things that you know they should maybe know yeah of course it's uh, depends on the sector depends on the size uh, is it a strategic deal or it's more like investment but we already have uh, some quite some good contacts with uh, american investment firms looking after uh, european targets in a certain sector mm. and it helps uh, well for uh, private equity it helps when you have a real sector focus of course a real yep. uh, proposition by build strategy and proven track record if you look to strategic parties um, uh, I, I think uh, well there are a lot of databases of course where you can find targets but it helps when you have uh, personal contacts to get introduced. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of M&A activity in London, of course. Uh, just what you compared with uh, the Cornerstone Network, it's uh, you have, well, the top league like Goldman Sachs and, um, mm. and Morgan Stanley. Okay, they have their contacts, of course, in, uh, in the UK, Frankfurt and Paris. But in the lower uh, mid-market, um, then it's uh, much more difficult to get the right context. And yeah, me, for example, I can help if you look after certain uh, uh, propositions in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And then our network has, is, is a great uh, start to, uh, to just, well, uh, explore what's, what's possible. Um, yeah. And then, you can take it from there. Um, I've also looked to the opposite side. Uh, for us, it's 
yeah, well, important reason to uh, to join a network is uh, that uh, I think the Dutch and we mainly focus to the Dutch market, but they are really American orientated. So uh, a lot of Dutch companies are sold to Americans. Mm. Uh, so we can help them also to uh, directly to networks. So that was the reason for us. And also for Dutch companies that do buy and build strategy in in America. So when I come to uh, to our conference, I uh, I also will take um, a couple of uh, potential targets I'm looking after in in America. And then, well, we just explore like um, talking about it and um, get introduced uh, to uh, to people that have uh, contacts in the sector. Mm -hmm. um, is that a good answer for your question? Because you, you yeah. asked for the sales side mandate. Yeah, what about the opposite way? What about um, you as a, like you just talked about bringing some opportunities to the US. Um, what should M&A firms who in the US who could help you guys find buyers? Like how could we help you as an M&A practice find strategic buyers who are in your market looking to, you know, get into the United States? Yeah, I think uh, to talk about it and also uh, what you already do that is uh, to help with use use the, the, the databases that are available in an effective way. And, but also, uh, just what I said, I think uh, the Europeans are much focused to the, well, to California, of course, and uh, mm -hmm. to the eastern part. But there are so many more states that are uh, that give maybe possible uh, big companies um, to get introduced to um, uh, so uh, I hope that our network will help us to uh, to get uh, well really quick introductions for uh, uh, potential uh, potential mandates and I think um, well, I know the Dutch market very well. There's a lot of technology in the Dutch market. And I think that that's very interesting for um, USA M&A uh, uh, buyers uh, at the moment, mm -hmm. uh, especially uh, uh, investment firms. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Technology is definitely becoming more prevalent and a lot more companies out there, and especially the artificial intelligence uh, side of things is definitely going strong right now um, have you have you dove into learning more about artificial intelligence yet yeah it's uh, it's more like a buzzword uh, since uh, chat gpt started but we are already for five years involved in that and i think we have around uh, 300 uh, companies that we follow in the netherlands uh, oh just active in the in the artificial intelligence market and that's mm -hmm. some sometimes it's more like they do software implementations sometimes they are more like uh, flex people like data solution data engineering so you have all types of businesses active in uh, in that data science uh, we also made a market analysis of that i can share that with you uh, yeah uh, later on of course um so uh everything yeah well it's it, it's it's it has impact to all type of sector and businesses it's something like uh, 
the internet in the starting of this century. Mm -hmm. So you don't know who the winners are, which applications are, are the winners. And you also see it to the big American tech companies. They're also very, I thought uh, last week there was a big uh, takeover from, I believe it was Google that had, uh, that bought an uh, intelligence company for 4 billion. They even exist for two years and uh, well, that quite some people's amazing. So, um, okay, we'll, we'll see what will happen. It's not, that's unfortunately not our market, but we have a lot of small companies with interesting yeah. applications. So if there are any American M&A advisors that would be involved in that or just talk about it and uh, look after them, um, yeah, we, we should get in touch with them. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, that's just an industry that, you know, a lot of questions and if you know the right people you can get a lot of answers to and you're the right person for that or you and your team are so appreciate you offering that up um and, and i know you talked about and, and i think you know kind of the the highlight of, or the theme of of our conversation today is you know within the european market and other you know the netherlands market um outside you know and you know with what cornerstone international alliance does and you being a a member, I think, uh, for over two years now, um, the ability to have people in those markets that can help you, one, if you have opportunities to work on a transaction in those markets, or two, you know, even and talk about this, like, you know, as as you're pitching a client, and you're, you're you want to be able to bring their deal to more areas, I think, uh, I'd feel like that's got to be a big selling point um for you and for your client as they're looking to you're not only looking your local markets but looking across the globe and you have access to 27 28 firms with people in those markets how, how valuable is that for you guys yeah for, uh, at first for the marketing point of view it's it's absolutely valuable because well if you are a business owner you sell your company just once and it has to be the best price, the best conditions. Mm -hmm. And then of course you also want to know what are the opportunities from outside the Netherlands. And of course, Europe is an interesting alternative depending on the sector and the size, but also the cross border to the United States because the Eastern part of Europe is, uh, is now uh, <laughs> over and the Russian part and Ukraine part. So that's, that's a pity. Uh, in particular for uh, for the guys that live there, but you don't see any anime activity, of course, uh, to that region. If we look to the Asian part, it's also difficult with China. It's also more um, country orientated now. So the the opportunities are uh, between um, uh, Europe and the United States. Um, so I believe that there will be more uh, deal flow the coming years and we can learn a lot of from each other. For, for example, on climate uh, change and climate control, uh, we need all the help together to, uh, well, to get the job done to, uh, to save the earth. So, and there are a lot of good initiatives. So we only have to share them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, just even in, um, you know, working together, we're connected through this network. Um, and as we're looking to bring more value to 
that European area. If you, if, if, if I would say, Hey Hans, you know, if, if you're looking, if you're talking to other M&A firms out there in the European market um, and you know, how would you, what would you pit, what would your pitch be for them to um, say, Hey, you might want to check out this Cornerstone International Alliance. It's uh it's um, it's something that can be of value to you. Like what are, what are the value propositions that you've experienced and what you would say, Hey, other firms, you could probably get, get, get this uh, out of it as well. Like we do. Uh, I would say they have a nice chairman. His name is Nick and he helps you every day. <laughs> and he I has other support to say as that. well. Another support. Okay. That's uh, I'm making fun of it. No, but uh, really, I think it's also that when you know each other and we already met and I'm looking forward to our conference mm -hmm. and it takes time to know each other, to know uh, what the business is. And of course, we have all the digital support, uh, but still it's uh, people's business. So yeah. I also trust in and I have a little bit like patience in that. Um, I think from a marketing point of view, it's absolutely uh, a good proposition that we have, you guys. If I look to the to the to the projects, uh, well, we had some projects, and we have um, uh, a buying mandate from an uh, American investment firm now. So, uh, yeah, you said it's already two years. Well, time is flying. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, well, I still believe in the power of the network. And I think what's really a uh, big advance that you are, well, the greatest network in the United States. Uh, in the, if, you cover, if you look to the, the coverage of the, the regions, I think yeah. uh, 28 firms now in 28 states. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great job. No, I appreciate that. And, and we're, we're lucky to have you uh, be a part of our group, I think. Um, you know, as we look to grow our markets, um, you're, you're going to be, a, and you have been, you know, an a, a, a integral part in, in, in bringing more opportunities to the European market and looking forward to growing our footprint there as well uh, with you guys and appreciate you being a part of our group and all the collaboration and all the, you know, this, it's a, it's a give and take and, you know, everybody's good at you know, offering up information. And so it's, it's been great to see. And I too, am very much looking forward to seeing you again. And, uh, and it's been about a year, I think, since we last saw each other in person and we're getting together here in a couple of weeks. Um, and I'm uh, going to have a great day, a great conference. We do that twice a year. Uh, a lot of great discussions, learning happening, a lot of fun, a lot of socializing, which is like you said before, getting to know each other on a personal level is huge and you can't replicate that. Uh, anywhere else but uh, you know other than in person so um, we find that still very important uh, we did a good job during COVID of being virtual but I think we we're all a little zoom fatigued and now able to get back <laughs> together in person is is going to be Absolutely. good so uh, definitely looking forward to uh, to seeing you there and and the rest of our group uh, and, and looking to a great day of conversations and, and learning from each other absolutely and also uh, we are very grateful uh, to, to the network, also like organizing workshop and principal meetings and share best practices. It's also very interesting to hear 
what type of fee structures you guys do within MA. Uh, here, some things work different, but we also learn a lot of things and we can implement it's also uh, we, we try a lot of things that we learn from you guys. So, mm -hmm. well, very grateful for that, uh, Nick. Yeah. Well, Hans, I appreciate you joining us today and uh, thank you very much uh, for all the insights into the European and the Netherlands market. Really appreciate that. I learned a lot. Um, I know our our viewers will learn a lot and hopefully uh, can reach out to uh, to you with questions about, you know, how to navigate, uh, you know, the M&A landscape in Europe. You're a, you're a go-to guy now. So uh, appreciate you joining. <laughs> where for our listeners, where can they find you and your and more information about your company? If uh, someone wants to find you, where can they go? Website, email, whatever the case may be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you have all the figures of the website, florheins.nl. And my email, hands at florines.nl, but you will share that with them, uh, I think. Absolutely. Yep. So thank you again, Hans, for joining us. Um, and thank you all for, for watching today's episode. Really appreciate the support and uh, some great knowledge shared by Hans. So appreciate you. Um, and be sure to check out all of our podcast episodes at cornerstoneia.com slash podcast. And it would help Hans out, help myself out. If you could like, share, and comment um, on this episode and share it with anybody who you feel might benefit from the contents of it. Um, Hans, great talking to you again and uh, looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks and can't wait uh, to, to grab a cocktail and dinner and, and have some great discussions. Great. Very looking forward to it as well. Bye-bye. Thanks, Nick. Thanks.